Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Amen. I'm Josh, like Sarah said, and Mark, our lead pastor, is on vacation. And so he said, hey, you can have the stage and you can talk about whatever you would like. So... I thought it would be fun today to talk about the Buckeyes and how sweet they're going to be this fall with Braxton Miller as a wide receiver. But it wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be an OSU season without somebody getting suspended. So we can also talk about that as well. Um, and if you don't know the Buckeyes or are a fan of the Buckeyes, you came to the right Sunday because we'll have an altar call after service and you can be saved, right? Um, it's, you know... I'll explain, I'll explain it later, but I'm really kidding. There's no eternal significance to the Buckeyes. Um, but what I do want to talk about today is something that's been on my heart and something that Mark asked me a couple of months ago to talk about. He's like, what, what do you think movement needs to hear that you have seen that being here for the past three years that you would just want to share? And so today I'm going to talk about trees. And Before you get kind of worried that you're going to go on a third grade field trip to the park, I want to talk about trees because um, something that just growing up and and if you know me or have been in the Howard home, you'll know that I like trees. And because growing up, I kind of, uh, I grew up being around one. And um, my grandparents um, lived in this newly developed neighborhood. They built a house back in 1976. It was when they planted the tree in that area. And because they planted this tree because it was a new developed neighborhood and um, they just didn't have any new trees or anything or any shade or whatnot. So my grandpa, being back in 1976, went and bought a seven-foot silver maple for about $20. And he dug a hole, fertilized it, watered it, and made sure it had good soil so that it could grow. And here's actually a picture of it. I think that's my aunt up there playing in the backyard. You could see... Um, it's probably about seven or ten feet. I don't know. I'm not a good judge of height. But that's the tree. And um, so we planted it, and you can see there's a stake there to hold it up to make sure it, it uh, grows up straight and tall. And now it is over 70 feet tall. And I think there's a, another picture of what it looks like now, which is crazy. It looks like there's like five or six different trees coming down into this one big base. And it's kind of hard to tell in the picture, but there's like crazy roots that go all around the yard. And I've had to mow the yard a lot over the years. You can kind of see some of them, but they go all the way throughout the yard and they make it like crazy hard to mow. Like sometimes you have to get the weed whacker out and and weed whack around it and whatnot. But this um, tree has been something that has been like the center of our family as we've gotten together throughout the years. And, but this tree has needed big, like big roots, and it's needed to spread out throughout the yard so that it can grow tall and big and, and be able to support how big it is. Um, and now this tree is also home to many squirrels, many, tr- many uh, birds, and I'd be lying if my grandpa and I haven't gone up to the second floor with a BB gun and had target practice with all the squirrels. Um, because he gets, he puts out all this bird feeder out there, and the squirrels are like eating it, and he even like greases the the poles for the bird feeders, and they still find a way to get to them and everything like that. So, um, and the tree also has you can't really see it on this picture, but we also installed like a rope swing, 
and we also installed like a tire swing to it. And it's kind of ironic because I'm the one that had to climb up a 30-foot ladder to, to hang the tree or to hang the swings on the tree. And I'm terrified of height. So I've had many battles with this tree as well. Um, but my grandpa planted this tree and took care of it with the hopes that one day it would be a shelter and center for his family to grow and spend time under. But he knew it would take some time to grow. And 40 years later, it is what he wanted it to be. And it's an awesome tree. And so whenever I see maple trees like this, I think of all the memories that I've had underneath one with my family and just growing up under. But as I've spent time with the Lord over the past few years, I've just seen such a sweet reminder of a promise that we have in trusting in Christ through looking at trees in the Bible. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about trees and the significance of trees. But sadly, like Sarah said, we're coming into a season, this awkward month, this awkward transition of August where it's like summer, but it's fall. People are going back to school. Things are starting up. But there's a lot of cool things that are happening here at Movement Church. We're entering a new season. Right now, we, are, we have become a self-supporting church. And we've talked about that over the past couple of weeks. And if you don't know what that means is that we, over the past three years, we've been a church plant where we've had seven or eight churches faithful, awesome churches who have financially supported us so that we could um, be planted in the ground. And now it's the time where all those churches are done with that commitment and we're on our own. And so I think it's awesome to say that we're no longer a church plant, but we're a church planted here in Hilliard and we are growing. And it's encouraging just to see so many of you guys uh, just be all in and to be faithful and to serve and to um, just be um, encouragement to each other, whether you're involved in a movement group or serving on Sunday mornings or here at 7 a.m. for setup. Um, without you guys, um, we wouldn't be able to be planted here in Hilliard. And I know there's seasons that come and go of highs and lows, but because of you guys, uh, we are able to be planted here in Hilliard. And if this is your first Sunday or don't know much about who we are or what we have experienced over the years, like, um, we want you to know all about that, and we want you guys to get involved, and you'll learn a little bit more about what that looks like this morning. And I know that it's not about us, but it, but it is, and it's about Jesus, but it is about us who Jesus has used to be able to plant here in Hilliard. However, what I want to talk today about is something that's so pivotal to where we are at here um, in this new season of growth, being self-supporting, and something that's been on my mind. And what I want to talk about could be used as a catalyst for continued growth, or it could be something that is a hindrance, that could be a hindrance to our growth. And the word that I'm talking about is trust. Trust means that you can, that it's something where you rely on something, you put confidence in, you depend on something or someone, you feel secure in or safe in, there's a trust with whatever um, you have trust in. And today, the big idea of what I want to talk about, and we'll pull it all together with trees, is whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of our growth. See, there's a tree up there too. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of our growth. You see, what's going to hurt us as a church as we look to grow is if we put our trust in ourselves, in our own capabilities, and not in God's. If we rely on our own talents, if we depend on what we know, if we feel secure in what we are used to and comfortable with, what our preferences align with, and if our trust can't go beyond ourselves and what we think is best for movement church, we're going to stop growing. We're going to stop producing fruit. We're going to stop seeing new believers. We're going to stop seeing new disciples and new friendships and new movement groups. 
And we're going to stop seeing hope behind any trial that we face as a church, as individuals, because of who our trust might be in. And the reality that I'm painting is not really an encouraging one, or it is really not a motivating thing to continue on, to continue growing, and to continue sacrificing um, for our church so that we can grow. But it really is a reality that churches face and struggle with today. There's a lot of persecution to the church. It's not really cool to be a Christian these days with everything that's going on in the world. And Satan, all he wants to do is try to deceive us in our own hearts and make us think that we can continue going on on our own. And he's going to patiently just watch us crumble. He's a patient person. The enemy is very patient in creating opportunities of self-destructing choices and behaviors. But my hope today, because that's very dark, my hope today is that we can look at Scripture to combat the enemy as we continue to grow as a body of Christ, as we can continue to grow as movement church. And my hope today is that we can realign our hearts to trust more in the Lord than ourselves. Because whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of our growth. So if you guys, uh, there's Bibles underneath your seats, or if you brought your own Bible, or if you got one on your smart device, I want you guys to turn to Jeremiah 5, 17, 5 through 8. It's on page 586 in the Bibles underneath your seat. Um, if you don't know where Jeremiah is, that's okay. And if this is your first time or don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, the Bible's underneath your seat. is a free gift to you from movement. We want you to read it. We want you to be encouraged by it. Mark it up. Draw pictures in it. Whatever you would like. That Bible is yours. But as you turn to Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, we're going to see how the Lord in Jeremiah is going to help us understand why whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of our growth and why I want to talk about trees today. So I thought it would be fun to bring up my friend Kendra. Um, She's a very talented painter here at Movement. And I thought it would be fun to have her paint some pictures while I talk to kind of illustrate what I'm—and help us visually understand the significance of what I'm going to talk about today. So— um, as she gets ready, I'm just going to continue to talk more, and you can actually just go ahead and start doing whatever you want to do. Um, but I know that if she's up here painting, and you could see what she was painting, that everything I would say would be like, wah, 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 because you want to know what she's painting, right? And so I, I'm in control. I'm on the stage. So she's going to be up here. I can only see what she's painting, right? And, um, and I don't want my message to turn into a Bob Ross episode, um, if anyone knows who's Bob Ross, I don't know. Bob Ross happens on Sunday mornings, I think. Does that even still happen anymore? I don't even know. But I think there's also more of a dramatic effect when I ask her to turn around the easel and you can see, wow, that's awesome. But anyway, let's dive in. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into these, uh, scriptures. And then as Kendra paints and puts together this masterpiece, uh, we'll get to see what it is. God, thank you for this morning. God, I just thank you for how you're faithful to us and how we have a place. I always like to just be so grateful for having a place to where we can meet as a church here in Hilliard. Um, God, I just pray that my words would be your words this morning, God, and that our hearts would be receptive to your word and to your truths, and that we would just walk away knowing you more, and that we would walk away um, with a more solidified trust in you, God, that we would understand the battles that are within us of, of man versus, uh, versus God, flesh versus our Savior, and just the, um, the blessings that come from walking with you, Lord. So we thank you and we love you for being here together as a family, as a community, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's dive right in. 
to this, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. This is one of my favorite passages, and so I wanted to talk about it today. Um, Here we go, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for a future. They will live in barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So at first glance, we can basically see God comparing two outcomes based on whom trust is placed. One we can see in verses 5 and 6 where trust is put in man, and then the other in verses 7 and 8 where trust is put in God. But what led God to bring these two comparisons, or choices rather, was a state that the tribe of Judah was in, if you read in the four verses prior in verses 1 through 4. You see, the tribe of Judah lived much like Israel, and that they filled their lives with idols that they created or fabricated or whatever, to the point where like even as their children grew up, and were born, and they didn't know any better. They thought this was the only way. And the tribe of Judah placed their trust in what they themselves created, and they were so deep into their own sin that they were just, they, they were comfortable with where they were at, and they felt like there was no need to trust in God. They felt no need to rely on him or to trust in his promises. And the state of sin that they were in blinded them from the comfort and the enjoyment of trusting in the Lord. So at this point, God was ready to just hand everything over that they had to their enemies, and he was getting ready to take everything away if they, if they continued to sin against God. So this is where we pick up in verse 5, where God basically describes their situation and all those who put their trust in man. So as we read these verses, we're going to break down these verses from— we're going to read 5 and 6, and we're going to read verses 7 and 8. But like I always like to say— like, the Bible, as we live our lives and follow the Lord, like, we can use this kind of like as our mirror. Like, are we living the way that God calls us to? And so what I want you guys to do as we read these, I just want you to be honest with yourself. Which, which way are you living? Are you going to be more like the bush? Or are you going to be more like the tree? And just kind of be honest with yourself and see where you're at. So let's read verses 5 and 6 again, and then we'll talk about that. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans— who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for a future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. So the result of trusting in man is nothing to write home about. And basically this, anyone who trusts or puts confidence in wisdom, power, kindness, faithfulness of men are cursed. And that's not, that's not really a fun thing to think about. Um, but understanding what cursed means, if we look at the Hebrew word for that, arar, which is a funny word to me, um, describes the judgment for all who breaks the Lord's covenant. That's what he's talking about there. So cursed is the judgment of God for those who don't trust in him. And so the people who don't trust in man is, is equivalent, as we see in these verses, as turning their hearts against God. And there's, there's no need to trust in him. So if they're trusting in man, like what would God's purpose even be in their life? So this is not a happy picture to talk about as God describes these type of people as a bush. And I think, Kendra, you have a, kind of a picture of a bush or something that 
Man, that is a sad-looking little bush. Can you guys even see that? Probably not. But that bush definitely doesn't deserve that nice, clean, white canvas. It's something that um, is stunted. It's not going to grow. And basically, there's no hope for any future because that's the capacity of w- in which it can grow because it's living in a barren wilderness. There's no fruit on its branches. And it lives in a salty, dry land, meaning that the people who live in this state think that they can be good enough and live well enough without the merit or grace of God. However, when we look at verses 7 and 8, we see where God establishes a way out with one word. It's one of the best transitional words in the Bible. When he talks about our state and sin, he uses the word, but. But I have hope. And that's what I love to see as we look here in verses 7 and 8, if you'll read with me. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. They never stop producing fruit. And so this is why I want to talk about trees. This is the moment where I want to land on because those who put their trust, reliance, hope, and confidence in the Lord are blessed. Those who put their trust, reliance, hope, and confidence in the Lord are blessed. And God compares that blessing like a tree. Those who trust in the Lord are like trees planted along a riverbank with deep roots, and they can reach deep into the water. And why is that so important? Because when there's, when there's drought, when there's heat, they're going to continue to grow when there's trials, when there's frustrations, when there's anger, um, when there's things that come in the way of growing, they're still going to grow because of how they are planted and what they're planted in. And there's no worry because no matter the circumstances, the leaves are always going to be green and they're always going to be producing fruit. And this picture of a tree is way better of an image than that stunted little bush that you saw. But when I think about it, there's a beauty much more than just a picture of a tree in this passage that I want you guys to see and realize. And it's because, and it's the relationship that the Lord wants to have with us. Because God calls us to trust him, and he makes this call a personal one. And if you look into your Bibles, I don't know if you notice, but if you look at the word Lord, you see that Lord uses the, every single letter in that word is all capitalized. There's instances in the Bible where they're all capitalized and there are instances in the Bible where they're not. Just the L and then lowercase O-R-D. But in this instance, they're all capitalized. And this means that, G- that Jeremiah uses the Hebrew word Yahweh in reference to God to, to show a personal relationship that God wants to have with us. It's, he's describing God as a personal God who wants to come down on our level and be, befriend us and guide us and live with us. Or in other instances, when... ORD is lowercase, it's talking more of God as an authoritative, powerful figure that isn't as personal um, as Yahweh is. So in other words, the blessing of God is incomparable to anything we could obtain on our own because of the personal relationship God desires to have with us if we trust in him. That's a mouthful to say, and I I feel like I'm getting lightheaded saying that, but that's why I put it on the screen so you can read it. The blessing of God is incomparable to anything we could, could obtain on our own because of the personal relationship God desires to have with us if we trust in him. There's just, there's, it's just, there's no comparison. Like, 
if we put our faith and trust in ourselves, there's only so much, there's only as far as we can go is wherever we end up. Like, we just don't even know. There's no hope. We, we, maybe there is hope. We just don't know. But because uh, trusting in God, there's, there's a blessing there. It's because trusting in God is actually, we're, when we trust in him, we're actually obtaining a relationship that is going to sustain us. We're obtaining a relationship that's going to drive us and is going to lead us um, through, through life here on earth. And what a beautiful picture and amazing reality that that is. And a reality that holds eternal significance. So, Kendra, how are you doing over there? Doing good? Can you paint some, like, happy little trees over here? All right. It's looking good. You guys want to know what it is? We'll wait for that a little bit later. Um, all right, so where did you find yourself as you re- read through these verses? Because there's two options. You're either placing your trust in yourself or you're placing your trust in God. One, you're either like a, a stunted little bush or you're going to become a big tree. So in talking about these two realities, let me try to convince you why you shouldn't put your trust in, God, in, in yourself. And then we'll talk about why we should put our trust in God. If you read one verse past verse 8, you'll see in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? If our own hearts is the most deceitful thing, why do we lean and rely on it so much? The enemy is at work to confuse us and to use our selfish, sinful heart against us. The worst thing that we could do as individuals and as a church is to deceive ourselves and think we are trusting in the Lord when we are really not. And one of the biggest thing, ways that we can engage this, uh, we can gauge this is with our hopes and fears if they rise and fall according to our circumstances. How often do we think we are okay until the next big thing happens in our life and then we just crumble and we turn to whatever earthly thing that we can get a hold of just to sustain us, just to make us feel better, just to find relief in, and we act out of character. And we even, at some times, we even think that, and that we even know our own hearts. That when we are faced with temptation, we know how we are going to respond, but then we end up being surprised by how we gave into that temptation in a way that we didn't want to. But God knows our hearts. In verse 10, But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God knows our hearts, every good thing and every bad thing, more than we think we know. And he's going to give us what we deserve, whether it is the blessing, whether it is the curse. And this really seems kind of simple, right? You know, we either do this or we do this, and this, that determines our relationship with the Lord. I mean, it really comes down to our hearts. And that is why the Lord states just how bad of shape our hearts are when we're born into the sinful world and how much we need him. To the point where he even asked the questions, who really knows how bad our hearts are apart from me? Because Satan, he's going to work at at us and try to deceive us and try to kind of, you know, make everything seem like it's okay and that we're doing okay when we're really not. But God knows and he understands. And that is why he wants us to trust in him. 
He desires for us to rely on him and to receive his blessing. So, hopefully you see why it's not the greatest option to just rely on ourselves and trust in the Lord, looking at those verses. But here's the reason why we should trust in the Lord, and this is just a really cool thing that excites me. And this is the whole reason why we do what we do and why we meet here on Sunday mornings. When we look at Galatians 3.13, and we might have that on the screens, boom. Um, I want you to just, you don't have to turn, you can just read with me. Um, Let's just read this and we'll talk about it. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. You see, in, even, in order to even have the opportunity to grow, and even in, in order to trust in the Lord, even have that opportunity to have a relationship with him, God had to send his son, had to send Christ to become the curse. God sent Christ to become the curse. Because God knows our hearts will deceive us and curse us, God sent Jesus to take upon the curse, which is the judgment of all those who don't follow him, so that we could be blessed, so that we could let our roots grow deeply into his truth. And another thing that hit me, it's just kind of a cool thing of how I look at this that I want you to see, is that Christ died on a tree so that we could grow like one. Because as you look throughout the Bible, God— compares our relationship with him to a tree. And a tree being the cross, you know, made out of a tree, obviously, he died on one so that we could grow like one, so that God compared that. Even before Jesus came in Jeremiah in the Old Testament, many years before Jesus even came, he said that people would be blessed if they just trusted in him. Because Christ, because God knew that he was going to send his son to die on one so that we could grow like one. And this is a tree with deep roots, like I've said, I've just, I just want to keep drilling it. A tree along rivers that never run dry. A tree that never stops producing fruit, that never wilts when there's drought. A tree that never stops producing fruit, all because of Christ. Christ wants us to know that he is our sustainer, no matter the elements. He is our deliverer, and he is the rock on which we stand, and the ground in which we want to be planted in. It's looking good. All right. And then I asked myself a question, why on earth would I want anything else? So there's two questions again. Are we going to put our trust in our deceitful selves, or are we going to let our roots grow deeply in Yahweh our Lord? Because like when my grandpa had to take care of this tree and fertilize it and, and water it so that it could grow— We have this right here, filled with truth, filled with hope, filled with um, everything that we need to endure life. And so I was just thinking of like a cool parallel, like his truth is our best fertilizer. Like if we're talking with this whole tree thing, this is our best fertilizer to help us grow. So when we follow the Lord and understand who he is, when we read scripture, when we pray, when we are quiet before him, when we worship him, when we serve him, when we get rid of selfish desires, that's what makes our roots grow deep in him. That's what fuels us, fertilizes our souls to long after him, 
to trust him, to be used by him, to act boldly, to become a tree that is attractive, that everyone wants to be, um, to, to eat from, to infest the rest of the world with seeds of the gospel, to never worry when hard seasons of drought or tri- trials come. And I know that I've, I've talked a lot about these tree analogies, but I just really want you to get the point and understand the power of whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of our growth. Because there's no worldly thing that will help us grow in a drought apart from the Lord. Because he is our holy fertilizer. And yes, it's easy or at times to trust in ourselves because we think that we're growing. And, and after all, bushes grow annoyingly faster than trees. But in the end, their life inspect- expectancy is much shorter than that of a tree. And yes, a tree may take longer to grow, but when it's planted in the right area and when it's taken care of, it will grow deep, strong roots and never stop producing fruit. So let me paint one more picture as Kendra finishes up hers. Um, And this is where a relationship with Christ just becomes so much sweeter and exciting when we just bring it full circle. In Revelations 22, 1 through 3, John is describing the new Jerusalem, like our, the new heavens, where we will be one day. And guess what? There's a lot of trees. There's a lot of trees there. But there's two really important trees that um, John talks about in Revelations 22 that I just want to read with you. Um, here we go in, in Revelation. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. So I just think it's, it's a really beautiful picture that is painted here for us to think about. And everyone probably thinks about it in a different way. But one day in heaven, those who have placed their trust in God will be standing along this street where the river flows, right out of the temple, right where um, Christ and his Father are sitting. And on either side of this river, there's going to be these two trees, the trees of life, that are planted deep within this river. And what's really cool is that these trees will have the fruit that we will eat from in heaven. And these trees, trees will have green leaves that will be used to heal people, to heal the nations, because there's no longer going to be a curse here in heaven because of what Christ did on the cross. For the throne of God will be there, and the Lamb, His Son, and everyone will just be able to worship God freely. And what a blessing that will be, all because Christ took on that curse. So all we have to do is trust in him. No matter where we are, no matter what we come from, I feel like, think, like Satan's at work in our hearts to say that we are, too, we are too evil. We have done too many evil things and too many bad things in our heart, in our lives to be able to plant a new tree or to plant something new and to grow in the truth of the Lord. So now as individuals, as a church, are you going to choose to continue to trust in yourself? Are you going to continue to live in a curse that has been broken? Because Christ has broken that curse. Or are you going to continue to grow your roots deeply 
and Yahweh. And I want to see Movement Church be a church with abundance of fruit. I want to see our roots grow deep. And I want to see these roots and in, in everything that happens overtake our lives and just be consumed by God's riches and his blessing. I want to see you, your trust be in the Lord always. And I know that we aren't going to be perfect. And that's why Christ, God sent his son to take on that curse so that, you know, he's going to pick us up when we fall. But it's something that we need to fight for and it's something that we need to know the reality of. Because whom we put our trust in determines the outcome of, your, of our growth. It's looking good. So, do you mind if we turn this around as you finish? Is that, is that awesome? What I, want, what I want you guys to see, I'm just going to hold, hold this, is that Kendra here is painting a tree. Um, is that? Is that good? All right. So she is painting a tree. And as, and as, I, and as I close, I just kind of want you to watch this transformation from a stump to a tree take place. This tree has roots. And as you can see, there's two arrows on either side of the tree. One is blue and one is green kind of symbolizing the choice that we have. We can either plant our roots deep within the water, or we can go towards dry land. And in this, you can kind of still see the remnants of this bush right here as it's connected to the dry land and didn't really grow. Um, and as you can see, she's going to be starting to paint different colors on the tree to represent different people of the church and the different fruits and the different talents that they have and the different fruit that each one of us will be um, growing based on our calling that Christ has for our lives. And it just excites me because I know that one day we are going to see a tree that is like the most beautiful tree that we'll ever see. And we're going to be able to eat from, we're going to be reminded of the truth that Christ has given to us because of the curse that Christ broke free from because of what he did on the cross. And I know some of you in this room haven't asked God to even be planted in your hearts. I know that some of you in this room have never trusted in God before. But what I'm here to tell you today is that that is the best decision that you could ever make. And I want to give everybody an opportunity to, to trust in the Lord and to let their roots grow deep into his truth. So as I close and as Kendra keeps painting here, um, I just want you guys to just focus your hearts and realign and ask yourselves the question, where is your trust in? And if this is something where like, I don't know, but this is something that I want to make a decision, I want to make a decision, I want the Lord to take over my life, to go from this stubby bush to this beautiful tree. I don't know how to get there, but God, take me and lead me. I want, I want to pray with you this morning. So if everyone could just bow their heads. If you have never trusted in the Lord before and you would like to this morning, I want you to pray a prayer with me. And I know this might seem awkward and I know this is something that might, um, yeah, the band could come up. I know this is something that is just kind of out of the element, you know, like, I don't know what this really means, but I feel this pull. You know, I want you, I want you to act on it. I don't want you to be afraid. And if, if, there, if you're even feeling like, well, I have this, you know, 
I don't really want to make this, this decision because I've kind of shown to other people that I'm living in this way when I haven't really made this commitment. Um, and you're worried more about your self-image or anything. I just want you to get rid of all that. Because this is the best decision that you could ever make. So if this is a decision that you want to make, um, pray this prayer with me. Just repeat after me in, in your own hearts and your minds, talking to the Lord. Lord, I know that I am a sinner. Lord, I know that my heart is deceitful and that I have made mistakes. Lord, in fact, I still struggle with sin now. But I have realized that my life is nothing without you. And because of what Jesus, your son, has done on the cross for me, my sins are forgiven. Lord, I invite you into my deceitful heart to make it pure, to plant deep roots as I follow and trust in you. And with everyone's heads bowed and everyone's eyes closed, if you made that decision this morning to have the Lord take control of your life, to put your trust in the Lord, I want you to raise your hand. And I know that it might be something that's awkward. I might, you know, you might not feel comfortable doing that. But if you made that decision, I want you to raise your hand right now. It's not about a numbers thing. It's not about, let's see how many people we can get saved here this morning. I want to know because I want to pray for you. And I want to celebrate with you. And I want to make sure that you get connected with the right people so that you can continue to grow. So if you made a decision this morning to trust in the Lord for the first time, I would love to see you raise your hand this morning. And for those of you people out there who have had a relationship with the Lord, but your hearts haven't really been aligned with trusting in the Lord lately and want to just make your trust known to him right now, I encourage you guys to just do that. Just let him know where your trust is at. Let him know that you want to grow with him. And you want him to be your fertilizer. You want him to guide you. Father God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness to us, God, and for giving us an alternative, giving us a way out and placing our our roots in a a land that is not dry bones, that's not um, barren. But that it would be something that would just fill us and that your relationship would just encourage us, fertilize us, grow us as a church so that we wouldn't be deceived by our enemies, that we wouldn't be deceived by this false sense of reliance in ourselves and our own capabilities, God, but that you would take control of our lives and lead us, guide us, and show us the way that we need to go as individuals and as a church. So God, I just, I just thank you again. And that as we sing, as we respond, God, that if there is any decisions that need to be made or any rededications to you, God, or if we just need to just sit in silence or um, whatever we need to do, God, that we would just be able to be free to do that here right now.
So, Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.